Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the B-Side Podcast at Liberty Church Harrisburg. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Luloyan. Matt, welcome to another episode of the B-Side Podcast. Good to be here. Happy Reformation Day. Happy Reformation well, Day. Is it, is it the 31st past. or November 1st? I should They're know. They're the 31st. So Yeah, it was yesterday. 31st. So happy one day All after. All Saints Day. There you go. Yeah. All Saints Day. All Saints Day. Yep. Today is November 1st. We're recording on November 1st. So yes. happy one day past Reformation Day. Yes. Welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Welcome to the B-Side. <laughs> Here we stand. Here we, can, we stand. We can do no other. We can do no other but eat all the candy that our kids collected. <laughs> so. I don't feel as like bad making fun of that line because it was probably apocryphal. Right. Luther yeah, probably right. didn't actually probably didn't, say that. Probably didn't say that. It was probably written you just, down You by just his... riled up a whole Woo! bunch of people. Oh, man. Sorry. A whole bunch of people are oh, going the, to Google the, right the now. The line is hot right now. We got callers. Callers <laughs> on the line. Oh, boy. Every line's full. Oh, boy. <laughs> Only two questions via email, but there's a lot of people on the phone right now. A lot now. of people on the phone right now. People are angry. Angry. Um, I don't know how to segue that line oh, into yeah. our end Acts 25. I didn't, I didn't there, really give you a good There probably would have been a better segue for you to make. I, I froze. I froze. Um, Matt, Acts 25 yesterday. Um, preaching through Acts. You preached on Acts 25. Um, what is top of mind for you as we consider moving into this week? Bible study groups reflecting on, or maybe going back to listening yeah. to the sermon. We're just jumping right in, right? Let's We're jumping right in. Uh, top of mind for you coming to Acts 25. Well, maybe as foolish as it was to talk about Luther's quote being uh, apocryphal, I had, <laughs> I wondered, I wondered um, if it was actually foolish to preach on Acts 25 at all. Okay. Uh, so last week, if you'd asked me, uh, like Wednesday afternoon, right? Like, hey, Matt, how are you thinking about the sermon on Sunday? Kind of where's it going? I would have been like, I have no idea. Okay. Um, and also, like, I'm a little discouraged <laughs> that maybe we should have like skipped over some of these chapters about Paul's trials. You know, like these five final sure. trials Paul's in the end of the Book of Acts. Um, and I was just, I was just struggling. You said skipping over the trials, some of the trials, some of these last, some of them, the yeah, last some ones. of these okay. last chapters. Okay. Um. I was just struggling to find like, okay, what's, what's really like the, the main idea of what's going on here in a way that doesn't, you know, that, um, we could get into this more maybe another time, but like when you're preaching narrative parts of the Bible where it's all about kind of the events unfolding, there's yeah. not specific like commands in them that are directly related to right. like, here's how we're supposed to live. So when there's narrative, there's a little bit more freedom. I mean, you're, you're still, of course, trying to, to use the, the whole counsel of God and what you teach and preach from. Yep. But in narrative, um, the, the, the preacher, the pastor has a little bit more leeway as to like, okay, how are you going to take this, bridge the cultural gap in context, you know, find principles of what's actually playing out there, bridge yep. the cultural context and say, here's how maybe these principles would, would apply to, to real life. Whereas like Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, you're like, no, we should talk about, <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. like, all the different kinds of sins and stuff that he, you know, money and we should talk about sex and we should talk about, you know, all that. So, right. um, so I was in Acts 25 just going like, where are we going? Like, where am I going? Is on this Sunday? really just a bridge between <laughs> Acts 24 and Acts 26? Right? And okay. Sunday, Sunday's coming, you know, with alarming regularity, Sunday comes around. And, um, so I started going like, all right, well, let me, let me see. I've done a lot of reading already in the text and the commentaries, like, let me see how some of the, the pastors that I've like looked to before handled Acts 25. Maybe that'll just prompt some thoughts. Okay. I got real scared in that process. Here's the thing. Uh, Tim Keller just completely skipped Acts 25. Okay. John Piper 
John Piper, Steve. John Piper. He spent 10 years, 10 yep. years in the book of Romans, like verse by verse yeah, through right. Romans. Famously, yeah. He skipped from like Acts 22 to like Acts 26. He okay. just skipped right over it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Spurgeon. <laughs> Spurgeon had one sermon on the one verse in Acts 25 about Paul, like Jesus who had died and Paul asserted to be alive. He essentially took that verse, okay. springboarded into 1 Corinthians 15 about proofs of the resurrection. Sure. So that was Spurgeon's take on Acts okay. 25. Um, and then, um, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, nothing. nothing. So I'm like, I'm like, you are charting some oh, new man. territory. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm going to invent some new heresy right. here from, from Acts 25. <laughs> nothing so, like a, nothing like a moment where you can leave behind Spurgeon and Piper and Keller. And you mentioned one other. Yeah. Leave them behind yeah. and just go find a new area. And I, you know, I just don't have Steve the, um, I don't know if it's the confidence or arrogance or whatever in my own, like in my own intelligence to go like. Let me show these guys a thing sure. or two. It's like, probably a good thing. <laughs> We're probably grateful for that. Let me, let me show these guys. Okay, hey, right. hey, hey, Chuck. Right. Chuck Spurgeon. Let, check this out. You're you going to call up Piper this morning and be like, yeah. hey, by the way, if you John, need you, some yeah. content for Acts 25. Okay. You, really, you really missed you know, you really missed the moment <laughs> yeah, there. Right. Okay. Um, no, it, and so really, Steve, what it was, was it, it actually was where, you know, this truth of, of what we believe about Scripture Verbal plenary inspiration that that it's that every single word right the plenary is verbal every word uh, is inspired by the Holy Spirit every word is written down for our instruction it's valuable it's yeah. it is the word of God um, that actually kind of was tested in you know in Acts twenty five for me last week I'm really grateful and I feel like it was the Holy Spirit that just all of a sudden helped me kind of start to see oh there's some there's some there are some big picture principles here that play out and do have. Uh, implications in our lives today. Yeah. Um, most specifically, you know, we could have titled, probably should have maybe in some ways titled the sermon where not to look for justice. Sure. It's not so much about where to look for it. That's, that comes from other parts of scripture. Certainly. Um, Acts 25 is more about where not to look for it. Sure. Which, you know, then of course begs the question, where do you look for it? So that I, I was, um, so that was somewhat top of mind for me, um, last week as I was thinking through <clears throat> Acts 25, uh, I, I do feel grateful for for what kind of emerged from it as I just really kind of in my in my own dependence, you know, between Wednesday afternoon and Thursday afternoon, um, just said like, you know, God, I need some wisdom and guidance into like where to go with Acts twenty five. Like sure. like help me be helpful yep. to the people of the church that hear this. And so that's yeah, that's something I've been thinking about. That's good. Well we did get we did get a uh a question come in, actually two questions come in, but before, let me set up the questions by sure. asking you, well, you set me up for the question. Oh, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it to you. You're going to hit it back to me. Okay. I'm just going to toss it back to you. Give us the outline again of your sermon, because the, the questions kind of relate directly to the outline in some way. So we're going to use some words yep. that showed up in your outline. So you're, it was a three yep. point, right? Three give, point, us, give us your outline. Three point sermon, not quite an alliteration. You know, it was half and half. Forget the yeah, half and half. half and I half. noticed this. Believe mm. me, I noticed. You noticed. Okay, I did. So, you know, where to look for justice. Yep. You've got point one, Jerusalem's facade. Uh, it's, you know, they're, they're more about ceremony than they are about substance. They're more about looking like the people of God than actually being the people of God and embodying the real the real justice of, of God. Yep. Point two, Rome's failure. Yep. Rome's failure. So you got facade and failure. I There's noticed. the two, the yep. two F. Um, that's where, you know... Paul has more hope in Rome than he does in Jerusalem, which is a crazy statement, but not a whole lot more. Uh, Rome is is more letting him down. It's injustice by omission or neglect. They keep sure. leaving him in prison, even though they've got more than enough on their side of the table to, to like declare him innocent and let him go. Right. 
So then point three, you know, this is the positive part then. So there's where not to look for justice. Jerusalem's a facade. Rome's failing you. Uh, God's vengeance and vindication. That was all kind of lumped into point three. God is the God of justice. Actually, justice is defined by his own nature and character, his design, his definition uh, of what is right. Justice is all about making things right. So how does God achieve and pursue his justice? Both by vengeance and vindication. He, right. he, he exercises vengeance um, on the wicked, uh, vengeance on the guilty, um, and then vindicates the, the innocent. There you go. Well, I'll read this question, but I'd say half and half because you got two Fs, two Fs, two Vs, and two Vs. Man, yep. you have a serious problem. <laughs> this is. Listen, you're going to remember. I think I speak for everybody that. in our church when I say you have a serious problem. <laughs> you couldn't even. I couldn't make it all the way through, <laughs> or I have a problem because I need. I still need to have an alliteration you, in there you somewhere. Still need to have two Fs and two Vs. Here's the funny part: the the Fs just came naturally. And uh, and then the right, vengeance medication right. was actually like um, was actually in reading the passages about that. There okay. was like, oh, these words just immediately jump yeah, out. They, Vindicate right me, yep. O God! Vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. I'm like, oh, well, that's that's a gimme. That's, right. I don't have to. There's no thesaurus looking in this. This okay. is just the English translations of of the of the Holy Scriptures. We're like putting this on a T for me. The mind find what it, <laughs> finds what it wants. Now, okay, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the questions then that came up. So there are a couple. Let me read through. Them, right. right. We'll yeah. parse them out then. So one person actually submitted these questions. Thank you for doing that. Uh, here, here's the questions. What are the limits of our participation in vengeance and vindication? That's the first one. Are there punishments we should more readily give out or ones that we should never give out? And the third question was, how do we join in God's vindication of us and our neighbors in everyday life? So yeah. those three questions all kind of all kind of coming maybe out of that vengeance and vindication yep. portion of, of your outline. I think we'll find ways to actually go back um, in the rest of the outline as well. Hmm. Um, so we can, I don't know if it's helpful to take them one at a time. Um, maybe the first, the first two questions really, they join kind of together in one thought. And those were, again, what are the limits of our participation in vengeance and vindication? Yeah. And are there punishments we should more readily give out or ones we should never give out? So yeah, they, they probably, they probably go together pretty quickly. Yeah. Not easy. These are, these are some man. far reach. I mean, not a, the questions themselves are not a reach, but they reach far yeah. into a lot of content that we could, we could kind of yeah. talk through for a while. Yeah, they're great questions. I This first one makes me think we could kind of open up a huge can of worms that maybe wasn't exactly the focus of, of where maybe Acts 25 was really aimed at. So I would say it's great to ask it. And also maybe don't get too far down the road in this in your Bible study groups only because that, that could just be the whole sure. time in a second. So what are the limits of our participation? Well, um, you know, and even the, the other punishments we should more readily give out that we should never give out. I think... Who's the we that's asking makes sure. a big difference there. So like um, my, you know, so like who should I punish? Well, nobody in civil society. Like I, <laughs> like I don't have a, you know, like I don't have a, um, a role in the civic authority, the civil authority sure. that says like, hey, God's given me this, this right now to go like exercise different forms of justice kind of in the broader culture <clears throat> and society. Uh, that's where like the Romans 13, one God giving the power of the sword to governments sure. um, to exercise that that's, that that's a right that they're given. They're meant to, it even says there in Romans 13 to um, 
I forget Paul's wording there, but, but to punish evil, essentially to reward what is good and to punish evil. Yeah. So that's the, um, that, that you, depending on the chair that you're sitting in and we sit in multiple chairs in our lives, that also kind of dictates the limits of our, of our participation with it. So, um, I think you asked maybe first the question, where have you been given, not it's your, not inherently, but it's actually given derived by, from God, uh, a measure of authority in your life. Yeah. And in this, in the place that you've been given a measure of authority, well, that's where you will participate at all with God's vengeance and vindication. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as a, as a father, as a husband and father, uh, there's an authority that's been given to me for how I discipline my children. Now, I won't use the word vengeance sure. <laughs> or vindication very often in that. And and God help me if it's vengeance against my children and not, um, um, you know, not a, 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 a redemptive pursuit of, you know, even even I would use the word discipline instead of just punishment because it's meant to be redemptive in that. It's characterized in a relationship of love. Right. But um, but that would be a, a, a place where it's like, OK, I'm I'm in a seat. By, you know, given authority by God, this is a place for me to participate with it. Um, Steve, you and I and the other three elders here at Liberty Church, we sit in a seat that's given some authority for God, you know, by God to give an account for the, the spiritual lives of people in the church. So uh, there's something church, there's church discipline that we have to exercise at times where we, um, you know, admonish people or, or um, tell them that they can't participate in communion or in rare occasions, uh, excommunicate people and have to remove them from the church because of unrepentant sin. So there's like a participation. Um, now you might, as a Christian, be someone who also serves in a judicial role sure. or a yeah. um, a military role or a police officer, law enforcement. Or maybe kind maybe of role. even like even someone who's a lawyer who's working for exactly. vengeance and vindication. Sure. And and that's where you know you, that opens up a whole new realm. But it's really important to to, to clarify. It's not just because you're a Christian that you jump into that and participate. Like you're, you're a Christian who also has been sitting, been been in the sovereignty of God, put in another role. That role, in a governmental sense, has then been given that authority by God to yeah. punish wickedness, to reward good in broader society. Yeah. So I, I, you know, again, you get into like a whole lot of stuff there. Um, the other part of this question, of course, was punishments we should more readily give out and not give out. So. I don't know what what thoughts did you have about that, Steve? Like, what, where did your mind go when you read this question? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I thought I thought you well, you outlined it well there. I think it starts with like, what role are we in? Who's the we? Who's the I? When I'm considering that, what role do I play? Yeah, um, spheres of sovereignty came to mind for me. Yeah, which maybe what's maybe explain yeah, just that like case. I mean, where 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 authority is given from God into yep. into the certain identities or roles that we play. Yeah, and so there's spheres of life that God in God's created order. So that's, you know, whether that's the family or that is the church or that is yep. um, society at large, the, the, the governmental and political authority that we live underneath and within. Yep. Um, that's a, um, that's a, I mean, Kuiper didn't yep. like invent that, but like he really brought a lot of clarity to that whole idea. Yep. Like you've got expanding, you know, the family, the church, the state, right. you've got these different, what are their different roles in society? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so those, they overlap at yep. times. You think about the Venn diagram of where they could overlap. I yep. even think about the context that's helpful you know, this isn't. I, 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 the first thing I thought was, I love that this. Like, this is just a question yeah. that gets asked really well in America. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. I think context is important. There's ways that we, right, rightfully, I think there's like I can, you know, we should have some pride in in our country to go. Yeah, we have been given yeah. some rights and privileges that 
other countries may not have. So how do we uh, advocate for as individuals for what we think is good and right and true in our society? Yeah. So I'm not someone who is a judge, yeah. but I have been given permission. I've been given responsibility as a citizen of America yeah. to start to advocate and work for the things that are important to me. Yeah. Um, now, where do where, where should that stop? Right? Yeah. Where, where can I become... Um, really arrogant. You used the word arrogant before in a different context, but where can I sure. be arrogant in that regard? Where can I overstep my bounds? Where can I be unfair and unkind or or unjust toward my neighbors in the way that I'm doing that, living out my own yeah. identity in that regard? Well, yeah, I got to find those lines. Hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, you outlined it well to go, we should ask, well, who's the we? Yeah. Right. And, and I also would think, well, what are we being vengeful for? Yeah. What's the punishment that we're trying to inflict and why, and, and what are we trying to vindicate, vindicate, you know, yeah, what are we, what are we right. actually trying to correct? Yeah. Um, and so there's ways I think in society I can think about, and we, this again, this is like, we didn't, you didn't mean to take us here in Acts 25, but actually I think you and I could both see where this oh, comes absolutely. up as yeah, a result it, it of makes, Acts 25, it makes total because sense. what's happening yep. is yep. maybe something that amounts, maybe something, not entirely. This is not, I'm not trying to like pull this out of, out of the text. But something that amounts to like show trials over and sure. over and over for yep. Paul, right? Absolutely. It's like, yeah. is anybody actually interested in listening to what he has to say? Right, right. And it's just, it's just like, is it Festus? Just like, hey, Festus, you, you have what you need you to write. Right. You, you, you yeah. have what you need. Yep. You're just not, you're just uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And so you're just, everyone's just trying to kick the can down the road yeah. and find a way. I think we're going to see that again in Acts 26 next week. Yeah. You know, just like spoiler alert, right? There's still going to be like, <laughs> there's something to be like un, unresolved. Yeah. Um, at the end of Acts 26. And so in America, I think we can sit here and, and not just America, but other places, but in our American context, hey, there's something wrong. There's something that's like not being, Paul is not being vindicated right. the way that he should. Right. Um, where should the people who are for Paul, you know, bring more vengeance and try to correct and punish and inflict sure. that? Um, we think about the apostles that were around Jesus that were at times fighting for him. You know, thinking about um, Peter. Like cutting the guy's ear off. Cutting the guy's ear off, right? Sure. Like, he thinks he's vindicating. He's yeah. think he's, and he's acting a right level of vengeance, right? right? So all this stuff gets turned up into our minds when we think about yeah. um, justice. And we yeah. think about the right being done and good being done. Yeah. And combating evil and injustice. Yeah. Um, but where should we, ones that we should readily give out? I think we should only readily give out those ones that we're... That are, are underneath our own authority. Yeah. Um, where should we never give out the ones that go beyond our authority? No doubt. That sounds like. Yeah. As I'm saying, I'm like, wow, that sounds like a real obvious and cop out answer. But like, if we would start there, that'd be a really good thing, a good place to start. That would be. Um, now you, you, I mean, that's where you you can go down a hole. I would I would say like maybe table some of the if you end up in your Bible study groups, kind of yeah. going down a rabbit trail on this, right? Because you get into the whole realm of like. <laughs> Oh well, like should societies actually start to enact judicial law from the sure. Old Testament? Can you legislate like, morality? You, you, yeah, I mean those are like massive questions, yep. right? And not bad ones to get into, but maybe if there's a people, a few people in your group that really like that discussion, maybe go like, hey, let's hit pause and over coffee or another beverage another time, let's like open up that that yeah. discussion a little bit more. Not a bad question at all, but I I would say that, that's a good place to kind of like for the scope of Acts 25 to kind of think about what authority has God given to different types of leaders in different yeah. situations. And in Acts 25, you've at least got the chief priests and some civil authorities some magistrates, you know, of the Roman empire. And just to kind of go, okay, well, let's see what maybe would have, what would have this, what would this have looked like 
um, if they had been actually playing the role that God had mm. given them to yeah. play more faithfully. Sure. That's maybe a way to kind of keep it within the bounds of Acts 25 a little bit more. Yep. We, you know, that if we're, if we're thinking about like where not to look for justice because you can't find it in Jerusalem or Rome, um, like, well, what would it have looked like to at least find more of it there? Yeah. What, would have, what would have that been in, in, yeah. in Paul's experience? Of and it? so if there wasn't a facade and there wasn't a failure, what would it have looked like from either one of those yep. two groups? Yep. Which leads us to our third question, Matt. Fantastic. See what I did there? Well, so how do we join in God's vindication? That's how you segue from one question to another. <laughs> <laughs> Side note. Um <laughs> How do we join in God's vindication of us and our neighbor and our neighbors yep. in everyday yep. life? So now, what does this look like practically for us in our communities? Yeah. Um, well, how do we join in it? So, I think you you um, it has to be God's vindication of us. So it's it's not something that we can manufacture. It, it truly, even as the question says it, God alone can vindicate. So how do we join in it? Well, we tell. We tell the good news about how God does that. Um, and my mind goes immediately to like, we really have to, I, and I, I think this is so helpful for, for conversations with people in all, all realms of our life that don't, ha- that don't have a faith in, in Jesus already. Um, it's that we, we have a category for these things. Like mm-hmm. if, if we, we all have, there's an inherent sense in the human soul that like so things are not the way they're meant to be now how where we see those things and what we call wrong and right that there's a whole range there but we know something's that we know things are not the way they're meant to be as christians we've got a really foundational <clears throat> category for that to say like well sin is the reason things are not the way they're meant to be yeah and we actually need a god who's going to deal with sin and deal with it completely not sweep it under the rug so these lighter definitions of like well yeah like everyone can just kind of find peace and harmony like you have to live a sheltered, isolated life to have that kind of perspective on it. Like I think of what Miroslav Volf wrote years ago. He was a survivor of the, the uh, I can't think of the official name of this war that played out in Serbia and Yugoslavia in the mid-90s. It's like the there's a name for that war that I should know and okay. I can't think of it on the top of my mind. But Miroslav Volf has this amazing line that says, it takes the quiet of a suburb to believe in a God who will not enact revenge. Or mm-hmm. not, and, and I'm butchering that a little bit, but that's the yeah. idea. Like you have to have lived... A, a sheltered, um, sit, relatively safe, comfortable kind of life to go like, yeah, God, God doesn't need to judge. Sure. Cause like when you, his whole point, what he, what he unpacks there from that quote is like when you've seen family members murdered, family members, like horrible things done to people that yeah. you love and to the, to places that you have set your foot. Yeah. Um, like you, you need a God that's going to do something about that. That's going to bring judgment to those things. Or you will, or you will have to take revenge yourself. Right, and that's where, like, you know, I, one of my kind of sub points the other day was like, and if we had more time to unpack it, the vengeance, the vengeance of God is actually how we would, the vengeance of God is actually how, you know, we can avoid becoming perpetrators of injustice ourselves. Like, if if God is does not, if God is not the God of vengeance, then it's going to mean that it's left to us to take vengeance, and that's going to mean we're going to. Because we're flawed, sinful people, we're going to become perpetrators of injustice in another direction real quick. Right. So, so Volf's quote is really good. I think, um, I think that category, right, for, for how do, so how do we, let me get back to the, started going down a rabbit trail there. How do we get back to, to God's vindication? Um, we help people see how in Jesus Christ, God is both just and the justifier. Like how, how can sin and wickedness and evil be, be thoroughly and completely dealt with? 
without just completely and utterly destroying the people who perpetrate it, which is all of us in yeah. some way. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of, of Jesus and the and the, the truth that combats and even it combats lies, certainly, but but also like speaks to the longing of the human heart even more that we all have, even in this cultural moment. Like something's wrong. Yeah. I'm part of what's wrong. Yeah. So like how do I how do I look to God to take care of sin without just utterly mm. take you know taking me out in the process? What's the what's the um <clears throat> what's the root of the facade, you think? So you ye- yesterday huh. um you talked about maybe the, maybe the great example of the facade. Well, one of them in Acts twenty-five is when you have Agrippa and Bernice come with all the pop and pomp and circumstance, right? And it, it appears as if it's going to just deliver more, like something of that magnitude should deliver more than it really does, right? Is that part of the facade that you mentioned yesterday? There's yeah. also maybe what was leading up to that, but that's maybe the example. What's at the root of that facade? How are we not a facade to? Our neighbors, yeah, and I wonder. So, not to unfairly set you up, I'm like, so I'm, I'm working out right now. But I yep. wonder if you tell me is at the root of that facade that we allow ourselves to appear more put together than we really are, or as if we have more to offer than we really do, and is a practical outworking of that that when it comes to vindicating, you know, in the process of vindicating. Our neighbors, those that we come to know in relationship, maybe those that are outside of the church, especially, yeah. that we're not willing to say, Christ, like we need Christ. Yeah. We need I need Christ. Like, you, like look at the world. Let me actually bring it to the heart of this relationship that I have with you, neighbor. Like, this is for me. Yep. Let me tell you why it's for me. Yeah. And to like break down the facade and go, like, let me bear bear my heart a little bit with you about why I need this. I think that's right on, Steve. I think that's well said. That certainly leads to the facade. So self-righteousness yes, is yeah. maybe a root of the facade. Sure. Like when you just think you're better, <clears throat> superior than other people, and that just kind of like that was the that was the era of the Jewish leaders. They're like, we have Abraham as our father. We have yeah. this pedigree, this yeah. heritage, we're better than you. And so they automatically assume then that they're right. So like I, you know, if justice is about making things right, well, like we're right. We have the right. Yeah. And therefore, as long as we just are who we are, we like you should just be like us. Yeah. And 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 that's self-righteousness and that's an enemy of the gospel of Jesus that says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So um so that's I think a huge root to it is to recognize no I I desperately need uh the saving work of Jesus for yeah. me too. I have no self-righteousness, you know, over anybody else. I'm not superior to them. Mm-hmm. Um I think that makes all the difference in the world to to the facade. Now in that, without being self-righteous, then there's still a way to kind of pursue the plate, like the justice of God in the world, to be yeah. an advocate for it, to be laboring for it, yeah. um, to be committed to the things that are near to the heart of God. So I think that if you are, if you are, if if what defines your pursuit of Jesus is only about like these external trappings of what it looks like, you know, like I attend church, I, you know. Um, think about like um, all of the things that Paul listed on his resume, like in Philippians three. Right. Like I'm the, I'm you know I'm the, I'm basically saying I'm better than you. Here's sure. all my, here's my resume. Yeah, uh, and it's better than yours. You know, like whatever we would put in that category. He he in Philippians three, you know, of course leads to like no, all, I consider all that rubbish compared right. to to knowing Christ. So that's the like, get rid of the self righteousness and pursue Christ. 
but in in response to um, the grace and mercy that were shown by Christ, it's still seeing Jesus as our Lord and pursuing his justice in the world. And I think if we if we're empty of that, uh, that also plays into the facade. Yeah. So there's the facade. So then how are we in our pursuit of justice in the world? Not a failure. Yeah. How do we not a failure? Yeah. Well, I think we are a failure at times. And so repentance is like, is how we're, Cheer it's up, how we, it's how worse we're, off than, than yeah, you think. Yeah, I think sure it's enough. how, we are I, think, a failure. Yeah. I think if we count on ourselves just being the perfect implementers of justice in the world, that's devastating. That's, yeah. that's self-righteousness quickly too. Yeah. So repentance is, is huge. And for, and I, and I you know, I, I mentioned the, some, some of the scandals that have played out among the people of God, among the church, yes. um, you know, Protestant, Catholic, <laughs> and otherwise over the last several decades where there's been abuse you know, you buy clergy members or people in the church and it's been covered up and they've not participated with, with civic authority, civil authority. Um, there have been some of those people and groups that have repented of that and like, praise God for that. Like it, it's still a, it's still a failure of justice, but it's, but in repentance of it, you're at least owning up to it and saying, I need, I need Jesus too. And I want right. to do what I can to make it's, um, you know, and then it's like, it's like Jesus with Zacchaeus, like, you know, and, and all, like repent, you're forgiven. And also like, now go, go make it right. If yep. you can do things to make it right, go do that. Right. Um, not to earn anything. You can't atone for those sins in that way, but you should still go pursue making it right. Right. So I think that's um, repentance and then pursuing um, making things whole. If, as you have the power to do that, um, I think, you know, one practical thing that just came to mind was, um, Man, like, how do we spend in our time? Like, are we only are we only upset and griping about the co-opted definitions of justice in our world, or are we actually pursuing the real thing? Hmm. Um, so, I think that's a way that we we can fight against being the facade and saying, like, okay, well, what is God's justice in the world, and what does that mean for um, how we engage about abortion, and how we engage in topics of human sexuality, and how we engage in uh, human trafficking, and how like the quartet of the vulnerable that's mentioned over and over again in scripture, um, the widow, the orphan, the refugee and the poor. Mm-hmm. How, how are we caring about these marginalized groups of people that, that are very near to the heart of God yeah. and that God over and over again talks <clears throat> about justice that he, that's the word he uses. We get uncomfortable because we're like, well, that means uh, maybe that means a social gospel now, or maybe that means like we're just about action in the world and not about evangelism. And, you know, um, so I think I know, Again, just open up a lot of different different potential questions and conversations in your groups, but to actually care about the weightier matters of the law, as Jesus called them, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Yeah. Not only the, um, hey, my life is kind of on the outside looks like a Christian, like I've got all that external stuff in place. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'd say um, in your groups, let's any one of us embrace the even the uncomfortability that can come from these questions uh maybe i can i can always not always but like to have a landing spot like here's a question here's an answer we talked about this we resolved it we kind of came out united front um let's keep wrestling with this let's keep engaging in the conversation because a lot of these questions that came in there's enough in acts 29 to have gotten us to these questions these questions could take us much further 25 
What's that? We're in what did I say? We're in Acts 29. Acts 29. That was like, Acts 29? What is that? Where is that? What, what Bible is Steve reading? Um, yeah, not the Acts 29 yeah. network, but the Acts 25, which was what you preached through. So let's in- embrace that this is mm-hmm. this is the journey of, of the Christian to be pursuing God's justice in the world insofar as he's called us to do in all of these roles that we have, yep. which change at times and overlap at others yep. for the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's good. Um, so these questions, I think, were really good um, to kind of, they flowed out well from Acts 25. You, Matt, despite not finding anything from Piper or Spurgeon <laughs> um, and others, Keller. I just made a mess of just, lots of <laughs> lots of rabbit holes. Our phone is down. still off right <laughs> off the hook right now. I, I heard we have Keller on line three. He's got a problem <laughs> with what you said. No. Um, yeah. Thank you for preaching well and through through Acts twenty five. And let's engage kind of the long view of these questions moving forward. But for sure, in in Bible studies, think about facade and failure, where that yeah. shows up in our lives as Christians. Yeah, I would say if, there, if there's a way to focus your discussion in Bible studies this week, I would I would offer this. So point one about Jerusalem's facade. That point in my heart in prep in preparing the sermon was geared more toward people who are reluctant to pursue justice, uh, who like go, hey, I people are like using that for all kinds of stuff right now. I'm afraid that if we talk about justice, we're not talking about repentance and faith in Jesus. I'm, like if that's more your mo and you get real nervous when I even say the word justice, then really like lean into Jerusalem's facade and how as the people of God, you actually have the real genuine article of the, you know, you, you should know because it's God's nature and character that defines it. You should know justice more than anyone else in the world. How are you going to step into that? Because the world needs it, you know, and you, and you as his representatives in the world are meant to be the ones to display it. Yep. So if that's, if you're inclined to be fearful of the word, then lean into the facade point one and ask like, okay, what's it look like to actually step into this? Yep. If you are someone who's already inclined to justice, fantastic. I think in this cultural moment when lots of people talk about justice and mean all kinds of things about it, I would say you might be too inclined to trust in the movements that you see of justice playing out around you when people might actually have a different Lord than you do. Mm-hmm. And you can still be, you know, the Francis Schaeffer term, co-belligerence with them. You can still, if they actually are correctly identifying an injustice according to the design and definition of God, you can be a co-belligerent with them. Great. Just don't put your trust in princes. Don't, don't like hitch your cart to the wagon of these justice movements that are playing out um, in this cultural moment that actually have a very different aim because they have a very different Lord at the center. And that's the I, so if you're if you're more inclined to justice, then focus on point two, uh, Rome's failure. Just recognize no human system can ever give the human heart what it longs for yeah. when it comes to justice. Like it just it can't. There will be varying degrees. Some will be so much closer, and some will be so much further away. But it will be varying degrees of injustice because the wrong Lord is at the center <clears throat> of that. So I, I would say those are two juxtaposed kind of points depending on how you're coming in maybe that's a great opening question are you more are you more inclined or prone to be like the facade that you just you don't care about this enough and you you know you fail to to pursue justice at all are you more inclined to pursue it but like become a you know but but go too all in or trust in princes so to speak um and how do we how how can we like balance that out how can we how can we avoid the ditches that are that are there on either side of the road it's good it's good. It's well said. It's a good, good, good closing comments there. Uh, well, hey, thank you all for listening to the B-Side podcast this week. Thank you for 
uh, thinking of and submitting questions as you have them, either on Sunday afternoons or very early on Monday morning before we record each Monday. Uh, hopefully this content continues to be really valuable as we get into our Bible studies this week. We look forward to um, to you all providing feedback anytime, certainly submitting questions, and also uh, staying committed to uh, to growing in love for one another um, in the studies that we when we gather each week. So, Matt, thanks for the insight today, um, for preaching yesterday, joining again on the podcast. I think you're off the next two weeks. I'm out from the for podcast. two Sundays. You're out for two straight Sundays. Yeah. So, and you're up next week, Steve. I'm up next Looking week. Looking forward to Acts 26. Yep, and Steve Huber the week after that. That's so right. So back-to-back Steves. Steve and Steve. Steve and Steve. Um, we're going to start a new band. We'll see. Uh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could be a band with Steve Huber. I don't think he'd want me. Here I stand with Steve and Steve. <laughs> with Steve and Steve. There it is. Oh, gosh. Can't, can't wait to hear the single. All right. Well, hey, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the day and week wherever you find yourself. We'll talk soon. Blessings. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.